0: Hey Summit family and those of our friends who are watching online around the world. I want to greet you today after a week of pure misery. I want to talk about facing the unexpected, something that happened to the whole state of Texas this week. You know, it's true that the unexpected will clearly define you and I. Can you react quickly? Can you remain focused? Boy, this week has been full of the unexpected. You know, from one hour to the next, things have been shifting and changing in all of our lives since last Sunday. Many of us have spent most of our time focusing on basics, you know, just the bare necessities of life, trying to stay warm without power, feeding our families, finding gas, finding water, finding anything that's open, what a challenge. Cindy and I have also had no power, no water for five days. I've been living in sweatpants and a sweatshirt and sleeping in them. We finally got some hot shower and a change of clothes on just for you. And boy, we've been praying for you and for our friends everywhere, every day. We know this week's been an incredibly stressful one. We've all felt it. So I wanted to take just a few minutes and focus some principles about facing what you didn't expect, the unexpected. You know, in life, you've just got to know that unexpected things will pop up and happen no matter who you are. Don't be shocked or surprised when occasionally bad things happen. Weather will happen, that's unknown. Financial challenges can, can suddenly appear. Difficulties in relationships happen. Health problems can suddenly appear. Busted pipes during this sub-freeze for a week will happen and are happening right now. We haven't even had power in this church until just the other day. We're just trying to get the servers up and warm the place. The cascade failure of our power grid was completely unexpected. The water outages across the entire state, completely unexpected. You know, but regardless of your business or your career, you have to deal with things you never saw coming, things you never expected. Generally, generally I'm speaking, 25% of your time will be spent in crisis management, And 50% of that 25% will be totally what you never expected or saw coming. Well, this was that kind of a week in Texas. So what are the keys to surviving the unexpected? Maybe you're not in Texas, but in life, wherever you are. Principle one, don't be shocked or surprised when bad things do happen. Proverbs 24.10 in the Message Bible puts it this way. If you fall to pieces in a crisis, there wasn't much to you in the first place. You know, every crisis has an emotional minefield to it. That's why Paul writing the Romans in chapter 12, verse 15, says, Weep with those who weep and rejoice with those who rejoice. Yeah, some people have power and water. Praise God. We rejoice with them. And some of us don't you know? So we just weep and pray together. I, I've talked to many people this week, and many were at their breaking point physically and mentally. This entire week has been an emotional minefield for the entire state of Texas. But we've also seen many people step up, be light, and help to those in need. We, Our local HEB Grocery Center, who are the most charitable people in this city, Uh, had the power go off while customers were shopping and at checkout counters. So you know what they did? They checked them out for free. God bless H-E-B grocery store. And so many other accounts of people opening homes, offering water, the hot shower, heat, food, We just gave cases of water to several of our police officers, patrol cars to help those that are in need. People stepped up and helped people. You know, there's anger, frustration, disappointment, and that can all be part of our emotional mind feel. I felt all of those emotions. Now, it's not wrong to feel those emotions, but it is wrong to be immobilized by them because I felt frustration and anger. So don't be surprised when bad things happen. Jesus put it this way, in this world, you will have tribulation. So fellow Texans, let me remind you, we're not in heaven. We're still in this world, and we will occasionally have tribulation. Second principle, keep your head in the game no matter what. Paul puts it this way in 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 2 don't be so soon shaken in your mind. And boy, do we live in a day with a whole lot of shaking going on. But when crisis comes, you cannot become mentally paralyzed. We call it a deer in the headlights. The deer sees you coming. He knows it's coming, but they freeze and they don't respond or react. So what can you do? Like who can you call? Uh, what can someone do for you? How about small groups? We try to stress to you to get connected in small connect groups so you have a network of people with different talents and skills, occupations, and live in different areas who could suddenly be an answer to your immediate need. That's when relationship and community becomes so important. You don't want to freeze. What action can I take? So don't allow your heart to overwhelm you. Psalms 42, verse 11, David put it this way. Why are you cast down, O my soul? He's talking to his soul. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. David's mind had reached the tipping point. I mean the guys on the verge of mentally disengaging. In a crisis, people will freeze. Don't panic. See, I've I've watched the best rock guitarists in concerts break strings in the middle of a solo and they keep going. They never stop. They keep playing. Don't let them see you sweat. Keep your head up. Don't freeze. Don't panic. There's an answer, there's a way through or around or over or under, but God will reveal that to you. Don't panic. You know, as a pilot uh, of an aircraft, as a water safety instructor in my past and so many skydiving, the first rule, first aid was don't panic. And that has proven to help me more than, more than I can count in major catastrophes. Don't panic. The Lord will help me. I'll find a solution to this. It'll make you think. Third principle, go to school and study others. Go to school and study others. See, in any career or calling, if you don't watch others, you won't last because you don't know everything. I don't know everything. Borrow from everyone and anyone, and everywhere you can. Ideas, skills, they're open market. You know, in school they say if you copy someone, it's cheating. In life and in business, it's called wisdom. If somebody's got a better idea or a system, a solution, copy that. Proverbs 9, verse 9, the book of wisdom says, instruct the wise and they will become wiser. Teach me what I don't know. You don't have to wait oftentimes until your crisis comes to learn. I mean, there are enough crises around us. We can learn from other people's crises what to do, what not to do. In the military, we have what is called an after action report. It's a debriefing after a mission. What went right? what went wrong? How did the enemy respond? See, for you and I, what have we learned from this winter freeze and having no power? There are some lessons. I hope you haven't let this go by without picking up some ideas. Like next time I see where I'm vulnerable now, I will take action. I will wrap my pipes. I will do this. I will have a backup plan for water. I will have that storage ready, maybe a five-gallon can of gasoline to keep in the garage with sustainer in it, something. What is it so that this will happen again somewhere at some time? Are you prepared? Each mission, each crisis Each unexpected is a learning opportunity. Yeah, it's miserable, but I won't let it happen to me again. You know, the the debriefing in military is so the next group can learn from your experience. You you can learn from people that have survived. What are plumbers telling us to do when we try to reinstitute water after pipes are frozen? I've been listening and I've been Googling to find out because mine are frozen. What should we do to prevent our pipes from freezing if possible? People who survive don't learn everything themselves. They look at others and they learn everything they can to position themselves for a positive outcome. I remember years ago when Air France jet crashed into the Atlantic Ocean and they finally discovered where it was and got the black boxes recovered. Every pilot of that type of aircraft were brought back to base and put in simulators and put through the exact scenario of that crashed airplane so they would know how to respond. As a pastor, growing up, church shootings were unheard of. But today, learning from what happened to others, we have armed security throughout our building, both clothed police, unclothed police, and we have uh, security teams. Why? To protect our people from what never happened before was totally unexpected, but now is a possibility on a weekly basis. So, we want to we secure our church, our people, our children with the best plan. The best way to prevent the next crisis is learn from this one. So, God says, instruct the wise, and He's going to get wiser. Ask yourself, What have we learned from this crisis? I remember Cindy and I went out and discovered we could put our our meat out in the yard in the snow. And then I took a shovel and covered it with snow for five days. And it was still like a brick. It worked. It was ugly, but it worked until the power came back on. Lots of lessons. And I've got a few more that I'm going to spend some money on to make sure what did go wrong won't go wrong again. Fourth principle, create options for yourself. Create options. Matthew 12, verse 7, in the Message Bibles, Jesus said, if you had any idea what this scripture meant, then he says, I prefer a flexible heart, not an inflexible one. So, if the crisis happens, what are my options? Like storing water for drinking and for flushing toilets who would have thought, right? Ask yourself, if you're in a crisis, what can you do to create the most flexible options for you? That is, at least until you have to make a decision one way or the other. In other words, if this happens, here's what we'll do. If that breaks down, here's plan B. Here's what we'll do. You need to know that now before the crisis. Do you remember back in 2014, South Korea, I think it was April the 16th, a ferry carrying mostly high school students capsized, killing 304 of these children. Most of them stayed in their rooms down below as told to do so by the ship's crew. Well, that gave them no options. If those precious children had simply gone up topside, they now had the option to get off by staying on top Or returning to their cabin if things were okay. But the way they stayed in cabins, they had no options. Always create options. People who stayed at the World Trade Center after the plane crashed into them suddenly had no options. Some were told, just remain in your office. Let me tell you something. You hear a crash or something, you don't remain in your office. You get the heck out of that office and you decide, not somebody on some PA system, you decide it's safe to go back in. It's your life. You take responsibility for it. Fifth principle, control the clock. Control the clock. Boy, this is time management. Understand your timeline. How much time do you have? as a commercial pilot, when a plane crashes, you've got about two minutes to escape. I've got to know the clock. You know, after the storm hits, it's too late. When they start announcing snow is expected, freezing rain's expected, and you see it two days before, you want to make plans now to brief yourself. Maybe you'll have to go somewhere else where there's power available or some other place you could go a relative. I remember once when I had an airplane, taking an airplane flying my wife away from a hurricane in Savannah, Georgia, with her parents because we were like 10 days with no power, no air conditioning in the middle of July in Savannah, Georgia. I saw it coming. I had options. I flew them out. Then I stayed with the house and I stayed with the church people. But it's too late after the crisis hits to decide, did I fill up my cars with gas in advance? See? Ephesians 5, verse 16, good verse says, redeem the time, seize it, value it, prize it, understand it, take this moment, the next crisis, and you see it coming, or you have an idea it could happen, make a plan, but get ahead of that clock. Number six, refuse negativity. And in every crisis, you're going to be inundated with negative talk. Isaiah 43, verse 16 in the Good News Translation says, the Lord makes a path through the sea and a road through the strong currents. You know, the crowd is rarely right. Out of 12 spies in Israel, 10 were negative. The crowds demanded Barabbas be released, not innocent Jesus. It's easy to be negative when you're in a coal house at 2 a.m. with children with no running water or to feel panic and anger with all the media reports and now the blame game. City city government, the CPS, saws with the water, everybody's pointing fingers at different agencies that are supposedly to... stop it. It isn't going to help your crisis at all. It takes the help of the Holy Spirit to look at the negative and say, Lord, I know you're going to help me through this situation. I may not know how, I don't understand it, but I know you're going to help me through it. That's going against the current. Going against the current is lifting your hands up with worship in the midst of crisis and remembering what God has brought you through in the past. When David faced Goliath, he had already been through a lion and a bear. He was prepared for that giant. God's brought you through other crises. He will bring you through this one. And number seven, last, you're never alone. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you are never alone as God's child. No matter where you are, no matter what's happening, you are never alone. God said, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. I will be with you. Deuteronomy 31 verse 6. You may feel lonely, but you're not alone. If you belong to God Almighty through faith in Jesus Christ, you are never alone and never forsaken. He made a promise that he would never do so. He may help you through a number of ways, even through people or relationships, but I'm telling you, help's on the way. You are not alone. Don't let the enemy convince you that you are. Our faith is not in an individual or a company or in CPS, power company, or in SAWS, our water company, or the government. Our faith is in the promises of our God who said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. So don't panic. Don't quit. This too shall pass. Don't give up regardless of what's going on because God can create opportunities you won't have or see any other way. So don't be surprised when bad things happen. Keep your head in the game. Learn from the past. Go to school on others. Find out what they know you don't know so you can be better. Create options in a crisis. Learn to control the clock. How much time have I got? Refuse negative talk and reject negative thoughts because you are never alone or forsaken and God will care for you. Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus for the precious Holy Spirit to comfort those who are in major crisis, those lacking food, those with children lacking water, others in low-income areas that may have no gas, no power, and maybe no hope. I pray for your comforting presence, and I pray you'll send friends and neighbors to help those who are less fortunate, maybe the elderly or the infirmed, or a single mom with children. God, I pray for their deliverance and for their comfort and for you to reveal yourself to every one of them. Thank you, you've promised never to leave us and never to forsake us. And can I close with just a moment saying, If you've never accepted Jesus Christ, who has promised to supply our needs, who has promised to be our rear guard and the lifter of our head, who's promised to remove our sin and judgment, to give us eternal life, and to give us a hope and a future, right now, you can pray this little simple prayer with me right there in your home. Say, Lord Jesus, I confess you are the Son of God. I believe you died for me and rose from the dead. Come into my heart right now as my Savior and my Lord. Forgive my sin and give me your gift of eternal life and the beautiful presence of the Holy Spirit. Thank you. I have an anchor. I have a hope beyond the grave. I have a hope in this present moment that you will supply all my needs. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. For more information on Summit Christian Center, visit SummitSA.com.